Welcome to A Star Witness. Hello everyone, this is Kayla bringing another episode and today we're going to talk about a very interesting topic. But before we get into that, let's say a word of prayer so that the Lord will be with us during this podcast. So with that, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for this day that you've given us, a day of life and health, and we ask that you help us to do everything we do today for your glory and honor and for the betterment of our souls for the heavenly kingdom. Help us to become more like you every day in every way. Lord, I ask that you keep us from temptation, deliver us from the evil one, and help us to be ready for that soon appearing of your coming in the clouds of glory. Lord, we know your time is getting short on this earth and we have much to change about ourselves. Lord, help us to continue to seek and follow you no matter the consequences or no matter what we may have to give up because we love you and we want to be with you forever. Thank you so much for sending your son to die on the cross for us. Be with us now as we study and help us to glean and to learn more of you from it and if necessary change our ways thank you so much for hearing and answering our prayer we ask all these things in your precious holy son's name amen so today i wanted to read a section from christ's object lessons this book is a very powerful book and i'm taking this from under the chapter of talents that chapter is a a very important chapter i love it so much and it's specifically talking about speech and i thought that was appropriate considering what I do with this podcast and I want to encourage you as well if you have a a voice with which the Lord has blessed you with you can use it to glorify and honor him if for some reason you don't have the ability to speak there are other ways which you can use your talents for the Lord the Lord has given us so many different talents each of us have a different gift and that's why I really like this chapter because because it goes over a lot of different talents that the Lord has given to people. On one of our previous podcasts, we talked about how cooking is a talent and it's a very important talent. And today is the talent of speech and how we should cultivate it and use that gift appropriately. So I'm basically going to read from Christ's Object Lessons and just remark on the paragraphs. Let's begin. It is found in pages 335.2 to 339.1. She begins, The power of speech is a talent that should be diligently cultivated. Of all the gifts we have received from God, none is capable of being a greater blessing than this. With the voice we can convince and persuade. With it, we offer prayer and praise to God. And with it, we tell others of the Redeemer's love. How important then that it be so trained as to be most effective for good. The culture and right use of the voice are greatly neglected, even by persons of intelligence and Christian activity. There are many who read or speak in so low or so rapid a manner that that they cannot be readily understood. Some have a thick, indistinct utterance. Others speak in a high key, in sharp, shrill tones that are painful to the hearers. Texts, hymns, and the reports, and other papers presented before public assemblies are sometimes read in such a way that they are not understood, and often so that their force and impressiveness are destroyed. Now, these are very interesting key things to note here. 
you. And some of these I have to work on as well because I know sometimes I have a tendency to speak really fast and it can be hard for some people to understand when you're speaking in a fast manner. So I'm trying to speak in a way that is still in a decent speed but not too fast and I still get caught up in it so I'm still working on that as well. She continues with this and says this is an evil that can and should be corrected. On this point the Bible gives instructions. Of the Levites who read the scriptures to the people in the days of Ezra it is said they read in the book in the law of God distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. Nehemiah 8.8 So we should make an effort to make our words distinct and clear so that others can know what we're saying and understand it without having to question us 50 times to repeat ourselves or to speak in a different way so that they can understand. Clear and concise. People get so used to doing things in a certain way that they just continue doing it. But we have have to adapt and change so that we can speak in a way that all may hear and understand what we're saying. No matter where in the world you are, if you're living somewhere where you speak with an accent, you can still speak in that accent in a clear, concise way where other people with that same accent understand what you're saying. We're not saying that you all have to change your accents, but just speak in a way that others know what you're saying wherever you may be from. She continues, By diligent effort, all may acquire the power to read intelligibly and to speak in a full, clear, round tone in a distinct and impressive manner. By doing this, we may greatly increase our efficiency as workers for Christ. Every Christian is called to make known to others the unsearchable riches of Christ. Therefore, he should seek for perfection in speech. He should present the word of God in a way that will commend it to the hearers. God does not design that his human channels shall be uncouth. It is not his will that man shall belittle or degrade the heavenly current that flows through him to the world. We should look to Jesus, the perfect pattern. We should pray for the aid of the Holy Spirit. And in his strength, we should seek to train every organ for perfect work. Especially is this true of those who are called to public service. Every minister and every teacher should bear in mind that he is giving to the people a message that involves eternal interest. The truth spoken will judge them in the great day of final reckoning. And with some souls, the manner of one delivering the message will determine its reception or rejection. Then let the word be so spoken that it will appeal to the understanding and impress the heart. Slowly, distinctly, and solemnly should it be spoken, yet with all the earnestness which its importance demands. So it doesn't matter whether we're used to a certain way of talking, we need to cultivate our way of speaking so that when we're talking to others, they will receive it and not reject it. So it doesn't matter if we have to slow it down, be distinct, think about what you're saying before you speak it, and pray about it too. And yet still give it in a way that it makes an impression. Be earnest about it. Be excited about it. And it takes time. I'm still working on these things as well. Like I said before, there are things in my speech pattern that I have to cultivate 
and learn to speak slower and, and think about what I'm saying before I say it. So she continues with this. The right culture and use of the power of speech has to do with every line of Christian work. It enters into the home life and into all our intercourse with one another. We should accustom ourselves to speak in pleasant tones, to use pure and correct language and words that are kind and courteous. Sweet, kind words are as dew and gentle showers to the soul. The scripture says of Christ that grace was poured into his lips, that he might know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. Psalms 45 2 and Isaiah 54 is where you can find those verses. And the Lord bids us, let your speech be always with grace, Colossians 4 6, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And that's in Ephesians 4 29. I think it's very interesting where she says that we need to use pure and correct language. So not only does that mean no slang, no curse words, and that goes for taking the Lord's name in vain, which is the commandment, we can't say, oh my G-O-S-H. And I don't want to even say it because you are all smart enough to figure out what that spells. And that is a slang version of saying the Lord's name in vain. And so is G-E-E when people say, oh my, and you get the idea. These are slang words for God's name. And even angels in heaven cover their faces when they say the Lord's name. We need to show that same reverence. So when we speak, we need to be very careful with what we say. So instead of saying that, say, oh my Atlanta or oh my Daisy or you get the idea. Make up something else. You can use whatever word you want except for the Lord's name. And we need to speak proper words. So correct language means saying things how they should be, not in this slang version or fast version that some people do where they use words that don't mean what they're supposed to. Use the correct word. Say the way that it's supposed to be said. That way there's leaves no confusion in the brain of what you're trying to say and mean. That's why people get very confused because some people don't understand sarcasm or your level of sarcasm. And then you have to sit and explain yourself and some people think it comes across as rude. And that's why we have to be very careful in how we say things because our words can be easily misconstrued. That's why we need to speak sweet and kind and in pleasant words so that people can tell by the way that we talk that we are different from those around and we're not using all of these weird languages and you sound like a broken record that's on repeat and you only know these certain words. I mean, I have heard people in the world talk, unfortunately, and it's like every other word out of their mouth is a swear word or some slang word that doesn't even mean what they're trying to say. And you're just like leaving that conversation like, what on earth were they talking about? That's not how we need to speak. We need to speak very clear, very distinct, proper pronunciation, proper words, and the correct language, heavenly language. We need to prepare now for what is to come. I don't think the angels up there are saying yo and dude and dog and calling each other that. That's not heavenly at all. They are speaking kind, sweet words to each other. They're not doing all these words that
that you find people saying. I think it also is important that she says, even in your home life, this is very important because it starts at home. How we speak and interact with those around you is what's important. You need to speak kind and sweet to everyone, not just strangers you meet on the road, but to those who matter most in your life. You have to speak in a way that is kind and lovely and it's more of a temptation not to because we know deep down inside that family is different in a way. We can speak to them in a different way than what we do with everybody else, but that isn't the case. We need to speak to them like we would speak to anybody else with the same kindness and courage courteousness. We need to speak to them with respect and love. Change begins in the home first, and then you take it out to the world to see that change better. You can't just all of a sudden change like a snap of a finger your character. I mean, sure, that might work for a little while, but sooner or later, your true character starts to be revealed. She continues, in seeking to correct or reform others, we should be careful of our words. They will be a saver of life unto life or of death unto death. In giving reproof or counsel, many indulge in sharp, severe speech. Words are not adapted to heal the wounded soul. By these ill-advised expressions in the spirit, is chafed, and often the erring ones are stirred to rebellion. All who would advocate the principles of truth need to receive the heavenly oil of love. Under all circumstances, reproof should be spoken in love. Then our words will reform, but not exasperate. Christ, by his Holy Spirit, will supply the force and the power. This is his work. We need to be speaking in love. We still have to correct the wrongs, but we need to speak it in such a way that is loving and kind and is in concern for their well-being. This is why it's important to pray before we speak these words of reproof or counsel so that it's not our words, but it's the words of the Holy Spirit speaking through us. Not one word is to be spoken unadvisedly, she says. No evil speaking, no frivolous talk, no fretful repining or impure suggestion will escape the lips of him who is following Christ. The Apostle Paul, writing by the Holy Spirit, says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Ephesians 4.29 A corrupt communication does not mean only words that are vile. It means any expression contrary to holy principles and pure and undefiled religion. It includes impure hints and convert insinuations of evil. Unless instantly resisted, these lead to great sin. Now, this is very interesting. Frivolous talk and frightful repining and even hinting at sinning is not something that we should be talking about or doing. So we need to be very careful in even the manner in which that we speak. No jesting and joking and definitely no encouraging of evil of any kind. I hear some people make Bible verses into jokes and or Bible characters and I see the jokes sometimes on Facebook and I always shake my head at that because that's not something that we should take out of context and make it into a joke. We need to be very careful. That is the holy word of the Lord spoken by these men that were given the word by the Holy Spirit and we shouldn't be making it into a jest or a joke. These are very solemn words and we need to be very careful in how we speak as Christians and 
the kind of jesting and joking and talks that we say for laughs. And we have to be careful with sarcasm too, because sarcasm can lead to a very bad way of speaking as well. Like I said before, people don't always understand that you're being sarcastic and it can lead to fighting and misunderstanding and it can lead to people never talking to you again just because they took what you said in the wrong way. So we need to cultivate our talk to be in a way that is kind and good and be very careful with how we word things. It takes a lot of practice to get this right. This is something we all have to work on day by day, even myself included. She continues with this. Upon every family, upon every individual Christian is laid the duty of bearing the way against corrupt speech. When in the company of those who indulge in foolish talk, it is our duty to change the subject of conversation if possible. By the help of the grace of God, we should quietly drop words or introduce a subject that will turn the conversation into a profitable channel. It is the work of parents to train their children to proper habits of speech. The very best school for this culture is the home life. From the earliest years, the children should be taught to speak respectfully and loving to their parents and to one another. They should be taught that only words of gentleness, truth, and purity must pass their lips. Let the parents themselves be daily learners in the school of Christ. Then by precept and example, they can teach their children the use of sound speech that cannot be condemned, Titus 2.8. This is one of the greatest and most responsible of their duties. So we need to start young, but it's never too late to change our ways. We need to do it by the grace of God who helps us and not indulge in what we want to say or speak or do. As followers of Christ, we should make our words such as to be a help and an encouragement to one another in the Christian life. Far more than we do, we need to speak of the precious chapters in our experience. We should speak of the mercy and loving kindness of God, of the matchless depths of the Savior's love. Our words should be words of praise and thanksgiving. If the mind and heart are full of the love of God, this will be revealed in the conversation. It will not be a difficult matter to impart that which enters into our spiritual life. Great thoughts, noble aspirations, clear perceptions of truth, unselfish purposes, yearnings for piety and holiness will bear fruit in words that reveal the character of the heart treasure. When Christ is thus revealed in our speech, it will have power in winning souls to him. We should speak of Christ to those who know him not. We should do as Christ did, wherever he was in the synagogue, by the wayside, in the boat thrust out a little from the land, at the Pharisees' feast, or the table of the publican. He spoke to men of the things pertaining to the higher life, the things of nature, the events of daily life were bound up by him with the words of truth. The hearts of his hearers were drawn to him, for he had healed their sick, had comforted their sorrowing ones, and had taken their children in his arms and blessed them. When he opened his lips to speak, their attention was riveted upon him, and every word was to some soul a savor of life unto life. So it should be with us. Wherever we are, we should watch for opportunities of speaking to others of the Savior. If we follow Christ's example in doing good, hearts will open to us as they did to him, not abruptly, but with tact, 
born of divine love. We can tell them of him who is the chiefest among 10,000 and the one altogether lovely. Song of Solomon 5 verses 10 and verses 16. This is the very highest work in which we can employ the talent of speech. It was given to us that we might present Christ as the sin-pardoning Savior. This is a very interesting little excerpt in the Christ Object Lessons about speech and so very powerful. This is what we need to practice daily in our life. And this is why the Lord gave us a tongue with which to speak so we could sing praises and honor him and also then share his love to the world and tell them of the wonderful gift that he gives us and the wonderful love that he has for all of us. It's a talent and we need to use it wisely because we have to give an answer to everything that we think, do, or say. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are right, whatsoever things are pure and just, think on these things. That's what the Bible says. And it's true because if we're thinking about those things continually, it'll be in our heart. And once those things are in our heart, it'll come out of our mouth because what you surround yourself with eventually spews out of you. And we have to work to speak in the right kind of manner and to talk like Christ talked. I mean, can you imagine sitting at his feet and just hearing him speak those beautiful melodious words? His voice sounded like the rippling of water and it was so lovely to hear that every soul who heard him speak, it was a savor of life unto life. They felt it change their lives. And some people hardened their hearts to the words of the Savior, like the Pharisees and Sadducees, because he came in a way that was different from what they wanted or expected. But if they had really been studying the Bible as they should have, they would have realized how the Savior was supposed to come, because it's very clear in the Old Testament of how he was to come and live and die for our our sins. But when Jesus spoke of these things and spoke that he was the Messiah and the way that he read the verses, the people got mad at it and wanted to stone him. But he disappeared from the crowd and was saved because his time had not yet come. Our speech is very important. And just like Stephen spoke those words at his stoning, he spoke of Christ's love and Christ's life and the way he acted when he was actually being stone, it left a huge influence on Saul, which later became Paul. And it didn't leave him until he actually ended up giving his life to Christ. And it was because of Stephen's example and the way that he spoke and acted that had the greatest influence on changing how Paul looked at things. And we can have that kind of influence on others as well by the way we speak and the way that we talk. We can be examples to others and they'll be like, wow, they speak in such a kind, loving way and they talk of Christ like a personal friend. And I want to know more about this Jesus that they speak of. I want to know how I can be as happy as they are. What do they have that I do not have? These are the kind of questions that they'll be asking and then they'll be led to Christ because of how we spoke and betrayed our words and our actions. People are watching to see how we act 
and how we talk to others. And yes, it's very trying at times, especially when people get on your nerves or situations arise and your flesh takes over and you want to be angry and yelling and speak words and lash out in anger at somebody and just say all this manner of garbage coming out of your mouth. And it doesn't necessarily mean swear words. You could just speak in such a mean and unkind way because of whatever is happening around you by something someone else has said to you, by something that is happening in your life, by work-related stress, by family or friends. The list goes on and on. You get the idea. It happens to all of us and sometimes we fall and we lash out and we say all this stuff and then it's too late. We can't take back the words once they're spoken. You can't turn back time and unspeak them. That's why it's very important. I mean, yes, you can say sorry and apologize, but sometimes it doesn't work for everybody. Those words have already done their damage, so to speak. Far better it would have been to say nothing at all. If you have nothing kind to say, don't speak at all. Words do hurt people. And that's why people have bully prevention in school and all of these things because the way you speak to somebody and the way you talk to people can have an effect on their emotional well-being. That's why it's very important to speak in this kind, loving, sweet manner like Christ did. Because even when we're being tempted to lose to our flesh and just speak in this unkind way, we need to stop and think about it and pray, most importantly. And say to the person, if you're in an argument with somebody and you feel flesh arising and you just wanna say all this manner of things, you need to take a deep breath, say a word of prayer, and then say, you know what, let's stop and pray about this together so that we both speak how Christ would want us to speak. And if that person is not up for it, then you'll say, well, I'm going to go and pray for just a few minutes, regather my thoughts so that I don't speak in a way that I will regret, and I will come back to this discussion in a little bit. Can you please give me a few minutes? If they're not okay with that and they keep pressing the issue, then just keep praying silently in your mind that the Lord will give you the right words to speak and how to act and say, okay, well, if you want to settle this now, then I do want to say a word of prayer so that we do not regret what is about to take place. A soft answer turneth away wrath, the Bible says. So even when we're going through these situations in life, it is better to speak in a kind, soft way instead of bursting out in anger because then that person just gets angrier and then you get angrier and the situation just escalates until it's a full blown out fight and you're saying things that you regret and then you have to go and apologize and, and it just makes this whole situation a lot worse when you act in that sort of way. It would be better to not go through all of that pain and all of that trouble, but to just act right in the first place and speak in a kind, loving way, no matter what these people may say against you. Because in the end times, there's going to be a lot of things that might be said about you that are lies about your character and about how you speak and how you act. And some of them 
them might be true about how you used to act before you gave your life to Christ. That's why it's really important that you learn how to handle and speak in a right way now because when that time comes you'll want to speak as Christ would have you to speak and not how your flesh would want you to respond. And remember Peter even had, not only Peter but all of the fishermen had to change the way that they spoke because they were like any sailor and cursed up a storm. And even at Jesus' crucifixion, Peter fell back into that habit and started swearing and cursing to prove that he wasn't a disciple of Christ. And when he heard the rooster crow for the third time, he felt such dread in his heart. And he knew immediately and regretted immediately what he had done. And he had to confess that and repent because of the sin that he did. The disciples had to change their way of talking. I mean, John the Revelator used to be called, him and his brother used to be called the Sons of Thunder because they were known to get into fights and to speak in a way that it was harsh and unkind. They were fighting about who was going to sit with Jesus at the right hand and on the left side when he entered into the kingdom of heaven. And they were getting into it when Jesus was on earth and they had to be taught a lesson there. But they were changing. They did change through prayer, through spending that time with Jesus. They made it a purpose in their heart to change the way that they spoke and the way that they talked with each other. And that is what we need to do as well. We need to change the way we act and speak with each other because it is very important to speak in a kind way and loving way because once Jesus comes, all that we take with us is our character. So that means we need to change now because it'll be too late then. We can't change when probation closes. It's over and done. Our time to change is right now. This is our moment. This is our time. And the devil is going to come at us and will put situations in our path to make us angry, to make us want to strike out in anger with our words and or speak in such a way that isn't good or kind and use that slang language or to to say these words that are not good. And then it, it's a habit and they are so used to doing it that they then catch themselves and stop and remind themselves like, oh, I'm so sorry and ask for the Lord's forgiveness for saying those words because they are no longer good and they have to ask for forgiveness and then correct their form of habit and use a different word to replace it. That's the key, to find something else to say instead of those sorts of words. The Lord has given us a brain to use that is intelligent. We can learn other ways of speaking and speak in such a way that is going to not only be sweet and kind and loving like Christ does, but also leave an influence on others so that they see in us something that they want, even though maybe not quite sure of what that is yet. By you speaking how you do at work or wherever you are and they see how you act and speak to others, it'll leave an impression upon their minds and they'll want to change as well. So just keep praying about it. Go to the Lord for help. He will give you the power to overcome, to speak in a right way, to break the habits of uncorrect speech, to help you through. We just have to be willing to make the change and to go about changing the way that we do things, whatever it is in our life. 
life that needs to change. We need to move forward and change with the Lord's help. We can do nothing without Christ, but with Christ, all things are possible. I thought this song was a very fitting song for what the discussion is today, and it's wonderful words of life. Sing them over again to me, wonderful words of life. Let me more of their beauty see, wonderful words of life. Words of life and beauty, teach me faith and duty. Beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. Beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. Christ the Blessed One gives to all wonderful words of life. Sinnerless to the loving call, wonderful words of life. Also freely given, wooing us to heaven. Beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. Beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. Sweetly echo the gospel call, wonderful words of life. Offer pardon and peace to all, wonderful words of life. Jesus only Savior, sanctify us forever. Beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. Beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. And the Bible is the word of life. And we are given beautiful, wonderful words of life that we can use and spread to the world. And that is exactly what I want to do. I want to work on my speech so that I speak in such a way that people will see Jesus in me. Don't you want to do the same with your speech? Let us then work and endeavor to change the way that we talk and interact with our fellow man. And remember what it says in Matthew 5:16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So with all that being said, let your light so shine that you are a star witness for the Lord.